Great question. The Manufacturing Podcast offers news and information for the people who make, store, and move things, and those who manage and maintain the facilities where that work gets done. Hey everyone, good morning, and thanks for listening on your Saturday. Welcome to Great Question, a manufacturing podcast. This is our special series called Ask a Plant Manager. I'm Anna Townsend, Managing Editor of Plant Services, and with me is Joe Kuhn. He is a retired plant manager turned industry consultant, author, YouTube influencer, and our newest plant services columnist. In this quick-hitting series, Joe considers a commonplace scenario facing factory and plant fours every day. You'll get his advice, but most importantly, he'll focus on small actions you can take right away. So grab a cup of your favorite caffeinated beverage, and by the time you're done, you'll have some new ideas, tips, tricks, or advice from Joe Kuhn. All right. Hey, Joe. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for lending your manufacturing leadership expertise to our plant service audience today. I'm excited to be here and tackle another question. Awesome. So just a little background for our listeners in case you haven't heard this series before. So Joe and I have a quick conversation here about a specific topic related to manufacturing maintenance and operations. If you're just joining us, be sure to go back and check out some of our older episodes from last year. We talked about the skills gap, technology usage, dealing with budget cuts and KPIs like wrench time. So we talk about big picture leadership and management issues and sort of the nitty gritty of running a maintenance operation. So one thing I can guarantee you'll walk away with is some specific hands-on and advice from Joe that you can apply to your operation right away. So today we're going to talk about reliability ownership. So who owns reliability at a plant? Uh, If any listeners heard the first podcast I recorded with Joe Lasher, we did talk about this a little bit, but I think it's worth diving into a little bit deeper here. So you you talked about this as maybe a somewhat controversial topic in that perhaps there's not kind of an industry-wide accepted answer. But I know you very much believe you you have the right answer. And of course, we want to hear it. So Joe... Does the maintenance department own reliability? Does operations? What about management? You know, we talked about this topic before. You touched on two terms, which I really loved, and I hope you can sort of talk about those a little bit today, again, which were advisors and deciders for reliability. So you can, t- can you talk about those important distinctions as well and why they're important working in tandem? Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to start a fight at a reliability conference, ask who owns reliability in your plant. Uh, there's a lot of um, different opinions. Uh, I have 37 years of experience and a lot of uh, examples of where I was able, my team and plant were able to get dramatically improved results by doing it differently than most. Okay. So, my firm conviction and i've been in a lot of debates on this but it's still firm conviction is that operations owns reliability okay and that upsets the operations people and it upsets the maintenance and engineering people (laughs) but uh that's what i found to have the that shift in culture has had the biggest impact on the daily decisions in a plant, which the daily decisions build up over time to become the culture. Okay, you know, I like to use my car example here. I'll give a home example and then I'll give a work example why this is true. 
who owns the reliability of your car? You take your car into the mechanic. He says, you know, they change the oil, rotate the tires. And he says your serpentine belt, one of your, your belt is really worn and you choose not to fix it. You drive down the road, you're halfway to Florida on vacation, your serpentine belt breaks. Who owns the reliability of your car? It's clearly you. The mechanic, here's your term, he's an advisor. They try, they're providing expert advice. They're providing the technical expertise. They're providing the labor to fix it. They tell you the quote, how long it's gonna take, how much it's gonna cost. But they are the advisor. The decider is the owner of the car, okay? So let's go, let's use a work example. And uh, say you're, you're challenged with making 50 million pounds of aluminum this month. I come from the aluminum industry. 50 million pounds is your schedule. Along the way, uh, you have some production problems and you cancel three maintenance outages and you shorten two more. At the end of the month, you make your production target, but your the unplanned downtime goes from 5% to 12%. Pick a number, 5 to 12%. Who owns that reliability? You can't, the production person that made the decision to cancel the outage, to run through those outages, the maintenance people were advisors, okay? On why we need to do these outages, what's important can, okay, you can't have that 12 hour outage because of production needs, we're gonna give you four hours. Well, the, the maintenance person needs to explain the consequences of that and then to pack into that four hours the best they can do. But clearly, uh, the way this plays out in a manufacturing plant is there are advisors and deciders. And I like how that just kind of rolls out. A buddy of mine named Rod, Rodney, I won't say his last name, he he coined that and it just really took off at our plant, advisors and deciders. And you know the production people, they aren't that excited about this. They don't know how to tear apart equipment, how it fails, but they need to be, they're the, they're the decision maker. So they make the decisions, the advisors, which is the maintenance and engineering people need to tell them consequences and risk. But in the end, it's clearly the operations people that own reliability. So it's not just outages, it's also um, manpower. You know, so you're out, you're sitting in your lead team meeting, you're talking about where you're gonna put resources. If you put resources on say a capital installation or an environmental job and take them off the project, the, um, uh, you take them off uh, to maintaining the equipment and doing reliability work on the equipment, that is a management decision that pulls it away from the maintenance and engineering group, okay? So I like it being with operations. Now, some of you may say, well, gosh, it's just like safety. I've heard this before. Everybody owns reliability. Everybody owns safety. Well, if everybody owns it, nobody does. <laughs> that's that's my, my leadership experience saying nobody does. Now, um, advisors and deciders, uh, let's see. Now that doesn't give maintenance and engineering to pass. They have to find best practices. They have to work on efficiency. So if there, it was a 12-hour outage, how how can we get that down to 10 or may, maybe eight through efficiency? Can we uh, develop 
best practices and start using predictive maintenance tools instead of time-based tools so you don't have to shut equipment down. Lubrication excellence kind of things, IR routes, vibration routes, problem solving. There's a lot that goes into the advising. You also got to be a good salesperson, okay? So very important. I asked the question, you know, let's, let's back up a little bit. You asked the question, should reliability uh, be the responsibility of operations or maintenance? I like to say, well, where is it going to do the most improvement? Where is that? And I found that to be with operations making more holistic decisions than just, hey, I need to get these pounds out. I need to get high quality pounds out. That's all, all I got to do. I don't care what it costs or, or if we suffer unplanned downtime. They need to make better decisions for the uh, holistically for the plant and long term. And it sets up the right culture. Culture is a an accumulation of decisions and actions that you're taking. You can't have, you know, two people, with, you know, uh, following, you know, different rules. Also, one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't realize this, uh, and this is, um, you know, from observation uh, that I've done over the years, I've been in 41 different locations, up to 50% of the reliability issues, I've seen 50% have been caused by production. How production is operating the equipment, when the equipment isn't working quite right, do they get out a hammer and hit it? <laughs> and, you know, some of them is, um, uh, it's, some of operators have taken on lubrication tasks and then they uh, don't do the lubrication right. So there's there can be a huge tie to the actions operators take and how they run the equipment that affects reliability. So for me, for those reasons, operations needs to own it. And, you know, maybe in 20 years of your plant, you can you can shift to everybody owns it. But if you're trying to drive culture change, this is a simple management decision that you can make tomorrow. You could you could sit two people down <laughs> that the, the a uh, person that's in charge of maintenance, the person's in, in charge of operations and say, you own it. <laughs> and here's why. Simple decision and uh, it will tr it will change the culture. That's great. We're not looking to start any fights here, but I think it's a <laughs> I think it's a good topic to discuss. And I think the way you I love that advisors and deciders so much because I think it reframes the discussion rather than making it about ownership. It's kind of putting each into their own ownership area and what they're responsible for. And it's yeah. a good way to and, think and about reality. it. The, the second part of your question was, um, you know, what's management's role in this? And this is a big problem. A lot of management people would they'll hire a consultant to come in and say, do the reliability thing, you know, change all the other people in the organization. I'm going to keep on doing the same old thing. And that never works. That never works. Management has to be involved. And there can be things like auditing expectations. So you expect um, efficiency in an outage. OK, as as a plant manager or department manager, do you go out and audit that outage? How efficient is that outage? Um, you, when uh, a PM was executed last week, do you go out and inspect that PM? And do, did they do the PM or did it get canceled? You talk to the mechanic and they say, yeah, it was supposed to be a four hour PM. We only got one hour. And you start, you, you got to see what reality is. So you audit expectations out on the shop floor. 
when a piece of equipment fails. This is something I did. Every, we had a morning meeting, eight o'clock. And if a piece of equipment failed in the last 24 hours, there was always a go and see. And the planner that was at that meeting would always bring the last PM. So if a, if a pump failed, we'd go out with the last PM. We'd look at the equipment and say, well, did the PM address this failure mode? Do we need to change something about the PM? Was the PM even done? Was it even performed? You know, you, sometimes you look at a piece of equipment, you say, there's no way anybody PM this piece of equipment. That cover that's on top of that pump has an inch of dust on it, and that didn't happen in the last uh, month. So you audit expectations, audit failures, audit PMs, audit uh, outage work. Uh, you form a reliability lead team. That's a best practice. So, uh, you know, you get the leadership together and say, hey, we're going to start tracking some KPIs of, uh, you know, on our journey. Maybe we're trying to go more condition monitoring like PMs or PDMs, sorry, PDMs. So we're tracking the percent of work that is predictive maintenance. You also, management needs to provide training for people. They need to make personnel decisions, and this can be the harder one, okay? Um, it would be unusual. If you're going, if you're a 100% reactive plant, I'm saying it'll be unusual for you to end up with the same lead team in a year that you currently have. And I, I'm, I'm just, that's the not exciting to talk about, but there's some people that thrive in the emergency work environment and they can't thrive in the planned work environment. And you're going to have to make some personnel changes. I've seen that 100% of locations. It's that something needs to be done. Reward and recognition is a big one. And then selling uh, selling reliability in all your discussions. So if I'm the plant manager and I'm talking with the operators, I'm talking with the mechanics, I'm talking to the vice president, I'm selling reliability, I'm talking about how it's a key initiative that we got. So the management's role, role in creating a reliability culture is huge and it is often neglected. So if you're a manager out there, uh, a reliability culture is not a check you write to a consultant to give you 13 best practices. No, it's a change in what you do. Probably 20% of your job needs to change if you're in management and you want to uh, go down the path of reliability. So yeah, it sounds like everybody does have an important role as long as they're kind of focused in, in the right direction. Advisors, um, deciders, and sponsors. Okay, three different roles, three different actions, uh, all important, all critical, all need to work together. Any one of them could cause a failure of, of the, the culture change. But um, I think it's, it's these are simple though. If man, it doesn't cost anything to have managers start being proactive sponsors and to add um, reliability to the responsibility operations, that, that's a that's an easy change. No money. Right. Operations owns reliability. You heard it here today from Joe. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Joe. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today. Um, thank you to our listeners out there. If you've got any burning questions, make sure to send them in, and we'll have Joe answer them. All right. Thank you, Anna. You bet. So to our listeners, thanks for listening to A Great Question, a manufacturing podcast. This was a special series with Joe Kuhn called Ask a Plant Manager. And I'm Anna Townsend with Plant Services. We'll see you next question.